Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Let's try some fun ball. Run right to the back of him. Run right to the middle and out the back. What's known in football terms as a slam dunk. Welcome back to Daytime Fireworks. I am your host, Zach Berry. Joining me as always, Mr. David Brandt. David, it is, uh, I say welcome back because I feel like it's been a, uh, a long time since we have uh, spoken on this show. How are we doing? It has been a little bit. If, there, if there's an off season in the sports world, we're kind of in the middle of it. So yeah, that's how it goes. But uh, but yeah, it's been good. I saw LSU win another baseball national championship. Uh, yeah. There were some there were some irritated people out here, and uh, not really irritated. I mean, they were kind of happy. But you know, LSU's new coach was uh, Arizona's coach. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so uh, you know, there was there was some grousing about and my point was telling people it's like look arizona's a really good job tucson's an awesome place they've got great facilities down there i was like but you know lsu is you know if you're going to leave for a job that's probably the best job in the country if definitely one of the top two or three for Uh, sure so yeah i was just like i i can understand why you're irritated but it's a really good job and i think winning the national championship in his first year just showed how uh how good of a job that is. Yeah, I just wrapped up a show. It was heavy NIL talk, and um, we briefly touched on college baseball and how the portal and NIL is starting to affect that sport as well, and LSU was a, a benefactor of that with with what they did with the portal and the NIL deals that they're able to cook up with their connections with Marucci and all of that. So, um yeah, it's, it, I was talking to some buddies earlier this week, and we were kind of laughing that Ole Miss finally wins a national championship in a major sport, and it's sandwiched by their two rivals. <laughs> that it, see, but it shouldn't be any other way. I, I thought the same thing. You know, State wins their national championship, and then Ole Miss the next year. That's just perfect. That's so Mississippi. And then LSU winning it the next year. It's just, I man, SE, the SEC stranglehold on college baseball. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. No, and and that's what we, we we talked about on the show that the top ten, I guess, spenders in college baseball. It's not all nil. It's just all the money, I guess, in general. Sure, um, how much each program spends on baseball. Right, and there are only two non-SEC schools in the top ten. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Do you, at all. Do you want to try to guess which two? Oh gosh, that's a. I'm gonna say, uh, gosh, spending. Florida State. That's one. And gosh, I don't know. Uh, I they've been so good, but I doubt they spend that much. Virginia. No. 
All right. What's the other one? I don't know. The other one is TCU, which is in the top five. Well, I'm not, actually, that doesn't surprise me very much because, you know, that's uh, – I mean, obviously, they've been really good in, in football too, but that's a that's a really good baseball school. And I think baseball, yeah. you can get a lot of bang for your buck, especially if you're – you know, mm-hmm. if you're good at it, you're a fan. But, you know, I think that's, in a lot of ways, it's a bargain for Ole Miss in a lot of schools because you're bringing in 10, 12,000 people on good weekends and you're creating a lot of excitement during a time of the year where there's not that much excitement. Um, and, and relatively speaking, it probably doesn't cost as much as a football or basketball. So if right. you can have a good and you've got the weather to do it, um, I, I think baseball is a good investment for a lot of schools. Yeah, and it's it, it certainly looks to be that because they're now more and more programs are starting to get closer and closer to actually making a profit off of college baseball, which there aren't there aren't many that do. How many do now? I remember when I was at the Clarion Ledger, me and uh, Kyle Beasy, who was the Mississippi State writer, uh, we did a big like takeout feature on the fact that basically no schools made money. <laughs> it was like LSU and like made money and then Ole Miss and state like came close to like breaking even. Uh, but that yeah. was about it. How many teams make money now? Um, so I'm actually looking at this. So college raptor.com just did a quick, <laughs> well, that's, just, that sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. Just did a quick Google search and this is what came up and they have like a chart of top sports, uh, by revenue for 2023 and for baseball TCU is number one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Vandy is number two, Ole Miss three, Arkansas four, Binghampton is five, Mississippi State six, Miami seven, Arizona eight, Auburn nine, Virginia ten. Is that revenue or just profit? So this shows top sports by revenue. And then, yeah, so like it's showing – TCU went up almost 78% in revenue. Ole Miss went up almost 149% in revenue. Um, That might be because of COVID, you know, everybody bouncing back. That, I mean, you probably, yeah, probably see a good bit of jump for Ole Miss because of the national championship. Um, Sure. The biggest jump in the top 10, Auburn up 580%. I've always thought the Alabama schools, it's it's weird to me that Auburn and Alabama aren't better at baseball, just generally speaking. I mean, I know they have their moments and stuff like that, but there's really no reason they shouldn't be really, really good. I've I've talked to people about this for years, about how Georgia is not better than they are. Because once well, well, Turno Georgia, left, they, they just fell off. Right, they lost to uh, Fresno State that year, whatever that was, 2008 or something like that, in in the final, and they just fell off the face of the earth. They had like, you know, they had Gordon Beckham, and they had several big leaguers on that like 07, 08 kind of team, and like that was one of the best college, that was one of the most fun weekends. It was like 08 or 09, and Georgia was the number one team, and they came in for a three-game set against Ole Miss, who was good, but obviously not number one. You know, we're talking like the Drew Pomeranz years. And I just remember like the, to save a seat in the student section in the outfield, they were setting up chairs on like Tuesdays for Friday series. It was <laughs> unbelievable. 
I mean, yeah, Perno took him to the College World Series four times in seven years. Yeah, and then, he was great. Yeah, obviously lost in the, the title series to the the Cinderella of all Cinderellas in Fresno State. Um, and then Strickland, who took Kent State to the College World Series in 2012, um, you know, he won 10 or 11 games in each of his first four seasons at Georgia. Then he went 18 and 12 and 21 and 9 in back-to-back years in the SEC. And then three regionals, no super regionals. And obviously he gets fired after this year. It's just baffled me for, you know, decades how Georgia can't get it together after that. With 08 the Atlanta, year. right, with the Atlanta metro area with arguably the most top talent in a metro. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. come yeah. on now. Atlanta's, I mean, it's not just football or basketball. I mean, like, they, they've got baseball talent everywhere down there and there's yeah i know there's georgia tech and there's other good schools poaching you but there still should be plenty of talent uh for georgia to have right there yeah um speaking of talent let's get into uh talking sec football for 2023 no other where to start outside of uh the defending national champion georgia bulldogs i I mean, they're the number one team until they're not. I am very intrigued to see what they look like post Stetson Bennett era, because I do think that while they have not proven it on the field, there are guys waiting in the wings to take over for him at quarterback that are probably, you know, on paper and physically more talented than him. Now, can they get it done like he did Uh, remains to be seen, but I Georgia is is clearly the favorite to win the SEC again, right? Yeah, they have to be. I mean, it was it was like those years seven or eight years ago when Alabama was winning every year. It's like until until somebody proves otherwise, like Georgia's the number one team. And and Stetson Bennett, you know, I, I think is one of the more underrated players and overrated at the same time. Although obviously the Rams don't think so, um, but. Yeah, it'll be it'll be just interesting to see because you know you're probably going to get a more dynamic athlete, just a better better tools. But will mm-hmm. that actually will that translate to better production? I don't. You know, Stetson yeah. was production was never really a problem. No, and I mean they may not play someone that's nationally ranked until November when Ole Miss arrives in Athens. And if Ole Miss isn't ranked, it'll be the next week when they play Tennessee. Right. So, I mean, the schedule that's, sets up nicely. I was about to say that's a good run-up because Georgia, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I hate it's cliche, but anytime you're breaking in a new quarterback, it's nice to have a couple games where you don't have to necessarily fight for your life yeah. right away. Well, I mean, so, I mean, quite the year – to go back to back or have the chance to go back to back because they don't play Alabama, LSU, or Texas A&M from the West. Wow. So, I mean, I'm looking the at their o- schedule now too. I was going to say the only potential loss could come at Tennessee. I don't know. Ball State's tough this time of year. <laughs> UT Martin. Come on now. I mean, I don't think these come are going to be. Now. I don't think these are going to be losses, but South Carolina early in the year could get squirrely because I think South Carolina is going to be good. Um, I think South Carolina is going to be – that'll be a good – but, again, they have two games to kind of 
figure right. some stuff out before they get right. to South Carolina. And that game's in Athens. Right. I, I would say South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Tennessee are the only ones that are going to be challenged. Yeah, man. What a schedule for the I mean, SEC. Just, that's a, I mean, that's just a, a layup for 12-0. and 0. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know, Florida's the rival, that sort of thing. Tennessee's a tough game. Ole Miss could be tough. But, yeah, that's – Yeah, there's, yeah, there's zero – Zero chance that um I mean if, I as long as they beat South Carolina, like seven and oh seems almost assured. And right. then you get to Florida and stuff happens in rivalry games, which should be Florida. You should beat Missouri. Yeah, I mean they you know, Georgia couldn't have asked for much better, I'll say that. Yeah, and it and I don't think for a second that Auburn and Hugh Freeze in year one are gonna give them any kind of challenge. Yeah, I mean, Hugh Freeze has a way of – I can see them giving them a challenge. But, yeah, I don't think Auburn is ready for prime time yet as far as, you know, really knocking off somebody of that caliber. I, I think there's going to be <laughs> – I think there are going to be a lot of people in the SEC that circle that Auburn game. Oh, I, I don't I don't doubt they, it. And to me – They really want to stick it to Hugh Freeze. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and Hugh Freeze, it's going to be interesting. I I just I just think Auburn is such a weird fit for him, just because it's so you know the obviously historically it's well known that that the boosters have a say there. There's just a lot of noise, yeah. and and Freeze just I, I mean maybe he's grown up. I we all have over the years. I used to have hair, but you know I I just. I, I wonder how he's going to sweat the small stuff because he didn't sweat the small stuff very well at Ole Miss. I thought that was his biggest weakness is right. that, you know, yeah. I think he's a great end game coach. I think people play for him. I think he, he's a solid offensive mind. He's got a lot going for him, but I just think he, he cares what people think and people are going to think a lot of stuff at Auburn, particularly when it's the first year and they're probably not going to be very good. I just, I, I find it hard to believe that, Freeze has changed that much. I think that's going to wear on him. Oh yeah, he he is very clearly not changed one bit, as you can see from his his Twitter history. But um, yeah, I, Georgia's the 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 runaway favorite for the SEC. Um, switching gears here to who can potentially challenge them, I might. Well, maybe not. I might not shock you here. I think it's LSU. I think LSU has a legitimate shot to go eleven and one, potentially twelve and zero, because I do think that LSU is going to be better than Alabama this year. I think that I'm looking at their schedule now too. Yeah, I mean they, LSU. I think is going to be good. I mean, they're they're an interesting, they, really athletic, dynamic team. Out of the gates, challenged in a hurry with Florida State because I think Florida, Florida State. State's going to be legit. But if they get and now that's a that's a non conference game, so that's where the eleven and one could come in. I don't see them right, really. If they, if, if I don't see them really being game, challenged. The end of the world. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't see them really getting challenged. At Ole Miss will be tough because it's just, you know, road game in the SEC. I see at Alabama, that's going to be tough because of the rivalry, and it's at Bama. That's really it. 
if I'm being completely honest here, they have a re- legitimate shot at 11 and 1, 12 and 0. They're hosting Army. That's kind of a cool game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, they didn't want know. to go up. They didn't know. want to go up on the banks of the Hudson for that one. <laughs> no, they're bringing them to Baton Rouge. I wonder how yeah. the, the crowd will treat Arby. Yeah, I wonder if that'll uh, be the the classic early afternoon SEC network, or that'll be a night game. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, if if LSU is truly a top five team or whatever, they probably won't put that in the middle of the afternoon. It'll probably be like the late game or something like. It depends on who else is playing that week. Yeah. I still miss um, the Jefferson Pilot game. Oh, man. The, the almost the almost Vandy rivalry is over. Oh. <laughs> there, there was like four teams that just it was it was some version of Ole Miss Vandy, Mississippi State or yeah. like South Carolina or something like that. It was always a it was amazing. The three Everyone, days. Everyone's favorite SEC cross division rivalry game is no longer um so i alabama what what do you think about bama because i do think there's some question marks i I, they got to figure out quarterback they very clearly didn't have it figured out after the spring game because they quickly went out and got tyler buckner from notre dame i it's hard to bet against the goat because i do think that they will figure it out at some point but i can't help but think that Nick Saban's wheels are turning a little faster this offseason to try and get things right after Bryce Young left. Yeah, no, it's anytime you, I mean, it's kind of like the Stetson Bennett situation in Georgia. Anytime you're making that big of a change with somebody who's been there for a while, it's just different. And, and Alabama, like you said, it's betting against Nick Saban, do so at your own risk. Um, but yeah, I think this, this feels like a transition year. For Alabama and transition years in Alabama are different than transition years anywhere else. <laughs> in that Alabama usually still goes ten and two. I was going to uh, say, yeah, still you're be still very, very good. You're right, still not, winning other, ten games. Other schools have right. Other schools have transition years where they go seven and five. Not, not the tide. Don't, yeah, Bama, don't disrespect the tide like that. Bama's transition years, they're still going to access bowls. Right, exactly. And I'd also, while we're talking about this, I'd like to register a complaint because I was. I not with you, but just generally, Phil Steele needs to make his preview book available in Phoenix, Arizona. Like I could always go <laughs> to the Barnes and Noble in Jackson when I live there, pick up my Phil Steele, and I had two or three days of just pouring through ridiculous amounts of information. You know, not not necessarily like given to us in a very pleasing manner on the page, but as far as just information it was amazing and so each year i've lived here in phoenix i go to look for it i can't find it it bugs me i know i could order it but anyway that's my rant for the day i was gonna say it's probably is it just pdf now or they still put it in stores i well maybe that maybe that's it maybe i'm just a dinosaur where's my where's my magazine they probably Uh, still do it I, I think they do. Like, I think at grocery stores, like if you went around to the Kroger's in the Jackson area or the Nashville area, I'd be shocked if there's not still some, some yeah. Phil Steels in there. But anyway. Uh, uh, probably the, the most intriguing storyline for this season, just because of the underachieving that has just constantly happened there, I am... 
incredibly fascinated to see what happens with Texas A&M because you have all the talent in the world and you bring in Bobby Petrino. What is going to happen with that offense? How long is Bobby Petrino going to get before Jimbo tries to take it over? But yeah, a lot of egos in one room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jimbo, what he came out and like said that, that it was, Bobby's offense and then did he come back out and say that like oh like you know I have full control and I don't know it I don't see it working because I don't think Jimbo can let go this podcast is brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch Mississippi get on over to see Cody Allen and the crew to take on the challenge of their wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens they have two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick a driving range and a chipping green to tighten up the short game book a tee time online at olivebranch.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444 that's Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. This podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals who can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension, and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies as well. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn about this and more at bluffcityadvisory.com. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan, and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a different situation a little bit, but it's like, it reminds me of Ed Orgeron. Would he ever let his assistant coach, you know, him do what he does well. And then, you know, the coaches actually, you know, deal with the offense and do what they do well. And they did it for one year with Joe Burrow and it was an unparalleled success. Like one of the greatest college football teams that has ever graced this earth. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen at Texas A&M, but you know, if Jimbo Fisher can get out of his way, it could work. But I, I'm skeptical, just like you are. Yeah, and I just, well, I, I just don't know if I buy the hype yet because I feel like that's just been the talking point every offseason. Is that well, you this feel is... with Texas A&M, you're like Charlie Brown kicking the football and Lucy's pulling it away every time. Like, oh, this is the year, Texas A&M. Because, I mean, everything on paper, you know, they pushed all in with Jimbo. They got a lot of talent. It's Texas A&M. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, there's there's talent everywhere down there. There's talent on the roster. There's a rabid fan base. There's no reason. You know, and, and I mean, you know, the SEC is tough. So every year they're not going to win the West or anything. Obviously, there's Alabama and LSU. But, yeah, there's there's no question that, for its size, for its budget, for all the things that they have going for it. It's it's the perennial underachieving is just fascinating. Looking at their schedule at Miami, I have to put a star next to that one. They get Alabama at home. They get Arkansas at home, which I don't know if that's in College Station or in Dallas. Um, they got to go to Knoxville. I think that's a loss. South Carolina at home. I think the Gamecocks can go up there and win. I think they lose in Oxford and they lose at LSU. And I mean, that right there is what? Potentially one, two, three, four, five, six. And they're just not going to do that again. <laughs> And not not be not be big changes. You know what I mean? Like, what would be fascinating if this the offense plays fairly well, the defense stinks. Jimbo gets fired, and Bobby Petrino is elevated to head coach, interim head coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's totally spitballing, but it could happen. No, I mean it's not the craziest thing in the world. I've seen crazier things, but yeah, I mean it's just you know, and it, like you said that putting the star by that Miami game. Cause if they lose to Miami and then like, you know, Auburn either beats them or gives them a really hard run. And then they start getting into the meat of that schedule. It's just going to get ugly really quick. Cause that's, we've talked about this before, but like, it's fun to, you know, in, in what is today, June 28th to go into, you know, these things, look at the schedule and say, well, that's probably when that's probably a loss, but as we all know, and that's part of what we do in the off season, but as we all know, the the season is dynamic. You know, there's there's momentum, there's injuries, there's all these different things. And if if Texas A and M is sitting at you know four and two, and there's already rumblings, like it can get ugly really quick. 
and go downhill in a hurry. So they're they're one of those teams that I think would be susceptible either way to if they got on a roll, they could really be a lot better than people think. But also if they have a couple of those early losses to where it just kind of right. collapses. And because I think that the years are running together, but that either happened to a last year or the year before where, you know, they just the last four I mean, weeks, they were just done. I, I, you have to look at this. I, I think they've got at least three guaranteed losses in Alabama, Tennessee, and LSU. Then you've got toss-ups, neutral game against Arkansas, at Ole Miss, South Carolina at home, which is between Tennessee and Ole Miss. Right. And the early game Miami. at Miami. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's two. Right. There's, I mean, you could see a path where they could be pretty good and go 10-2 and two or – Sorry, my cats are fighting in the background. Um, where they're ten and two or or nine and three, but you could also see a real scenario where they go five and seven or six and six. Yeah, I mean, if the offense is humming and Jimbo just keeps his mouth shut and stays out of the way, sure, I could see that. But yeah, I mean, it's... the schedule's not easy at all. No, no. And it, and it's a it's a it's a schedule that is very susceptible to momentum both ways. Yeah. Like if you if you get on a runway and get going, and then you know if you're five and zero oh, headed into that Alabama game, you know we'll see what happens. I'm not saying they're going to win that game, but you got a lot of confidence. You got a talented team. Like we'll see how it goes. But you know if you go into that game, if you lose to Miami, if you lose to Arkansas, and you go there and you're three and two, oh boy, look out. I don't have the buys in front of me, the bye weeks, but this run right here of Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. There's a there's a bye week in between Tennessee and South Carolina. Okay. I mean, that's just tough. That's yeah, tough that's, for anybody. Right. Because even your home games are difficult. Right. And it looks like – and that game against Arkansas is in Arlington. Yes, it'll be at Jerry World. So, you're basically on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that Texas game, obviously, you'll have a pretty good crowd for you. But, I mean, you're you're essentially on the road for two of those four. And then the other yeah. two at home are Alabama and South Carolina. That, yeah, it's a right. make-or-break stretch. No question. Um. We're not going to do everybody in the SEC. There are a couple teams I wanted to ask you about. Um, probably the most polarizing team for me this year in the SEC just because of the the intrigue and potential train wreck that you can't look away from. The Florida Gators. Billy Napier, year two, six and seven a year ago. Um, I, I mean, just absolutely throttled in the bowl game. Didn't even put up a fight. Um, I I feel like Florida is not going to be good at all. Am I? Yeah, am I, I mean that's my first. That's my first impression too. Like I don't. They're I mean, just for a team like Florida, which again, it's Florida, it's football, and it's Florida. Their roster just doesn't do a lot for me. And I'm not saying I'm an expert on every single position every single player but uh, uh, I, I mean, mean considering I just all due respect to Jonathan Smith and the Beavers 
Florida getting beat 30 to 3 in a bowl game is ridiculous. And I know it was it's the a, loss. It's alarming. The, it's alarming. Yeah. I, like agree. I, I know it was the Las Vegas Bowl and no one cares, but I, I don't care. It's the like, first year, right. It's the first year of a coaching staff. Like you're trying to make a good, yeah, that's, that doesn't I don't know. Really I, bode well. Yeah. But I, you know, I know it's a bowl game, it's a non descript bowl game it's not a access bowl it's not a playoff game but i still think like this that was like a golden opportunity for billy napier and that team to build into this year like hey that's what season- i mean like hey we're coming yeah. like they they have some motivation and i realize like you said i realize las vegas it's not a big time bowl i get it but for a team that's trying to build like you can build something there and go into the off season and feel good about yourself. Like sometimes that stuff's kind of overrated, but in that case, I actually think there was usefulness in playing well and they totally just laid an egg. Yeah. I, I don't really believe in Austin Armstrong, the first year DC, that's not even 30 years old yet. I know people rave about him as a coach and he's a young star on the rise in the business, but I don't think he's going to be ready year one in the SEC East. Um, I mean, they went six and seven with a guy like Anthony Richardson, who I didn't think was very a very good quarterback. Who's going to play quarterback for him this year? I mean, yeah, I mean, I was I was looking <laughs> at the roster. I mean, the, I mean, it was them and it was them. Yeah, I mean, it was them in Alabama that after their spring game, they were like, Oh shit, we gotta go get a quarterback. <laughs> right. So and I mean that's you know, and that's not a great spot to be in in that. I mean, I realize, you know, the transfer portal portal has changed things, but I think, yeah, it's just tough to ask a guy to come in and, you know, immediately be a savior. Well, it's it's probably Graham Mertz or, you know, Arizona's native son, Jack Miller. Yeah, that's why I was looking at Graham Mertz, Jack Miller. After that, I don't know. Neither yeah, I, I, I'd say I don't know because I don't know any other quarterbacks' names on the roster. Right, I but... mean, they're, they're, the names are Max Brown, <laughs> Micah, Micah Leone, and Parker Leasy or something like that. So, I, I don't okay. know. Not a lot of – as. <laughs> oh, and I mean – and... I was thinking of a Houston Nuts story from back <laughs> in the day. I don't I, – I, I don't want to disparage. There's, there was all right. We were talking about fullback one time with with uh, Houston Nutt, and you remember Jason Cook, great dude. Yeah. one of my favorite interviews that I've, I, I've uh, ever come through. Great guy. I helped uh, Jason. I helped. Uh, oh, I ahead. helped Jason um, with some homework one time. Uh, not not actually doing the homework for him. Uh, I helped him with a uh, computer program. That he was having issues. I'm not surprised because he's a smart guy. Yeah, he's not like one of those guys you got to like handhold through everything. But that's cool. No, Jason's a great dude. I, I always liked him a lot. So he, I'm sure he's successful at what he's doing. But anyway, my point being is that they were banged up at fullback, and Jason Cook was hurt, and their backup was a guy named Andy Hartman, if you remember him. Yeah, he was kind of banged up too, and so we were sitting there just a scrum of like three or four reporters, probably me, Chuck Roundsville maybe deal a couple other people. And we were like, what are you going to do at fullback if Andy can't go? And he was like, uh, who is your third string running back? And he goes, uh, Ben, Ben, uh, Deno, Ben, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, 
and he couldn't say his last name. He couldn't get it out. He just kept getting, it made me think so much of that office space, you know, where he's like, uh, not gonna, not gonna work here anymore anyway. And it was Ben Benedetto. Sorry. So Ben Benedetto, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I'm sorry, Houston, not kind of made fun of you. I'm sure you're a good player. That, that That's not my intention. Yeah. Um, we, we gotta do, we gotta do a Houston nut story on every podcast. Uh, yeah, sorry. I mean, things remind me of things every once in a while. I, I just don't believe in Florida. I think no, this, I, I think just, huge success for if they go nine and three somehow or something, that's a huge win for them right now. Oh, if they go nine and three, they need to double Billy Napier's salary. Right. Cause they gotta, they gotta go to Utah. And they ain't winning the that opener. game. That's going to be a tough game. I mean, they got – basically they won last year because they couldn't tackle and Cam Rising made a bonehead decision in the red zone. Right. Because if he doesn't – if he doesn't try to force the ball in there and eat it and just get one more try, they probably win. And, and Anthony I- – and, and again, Anthony Richardson think, just ran around and, you know, broke like 12 tackles and was throwing right, balls that, 40 yards downfield. That was one of those games. Remember, he was like a Heisman candidate after that game. Yeah, uh, it was like the it was like the Kenny Hill. Uh, yeah, it was the total coming out party. I thought <laughs> he was like the greatest player to ever, and he may be in the NFL. I know the Colts hope so. But uh, but yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great example of a game that because it was played on whatever day, like September first, yeah, that game would have been much much different on November first. I think Utah wins by two touchdowns at least, right? Yeah, but because neither, neither team knew what they didn't know, you know, I, they they didn't know that Florida had serious problems. Florida didn't know that Florida had serious problems, and I think that it's just an example of one of those the mind is a powerful thing and Florida felt like they should win that game, but they did. Um, yeah. But, but we'll see. I, I, the, the calculus will be different this year, but then they, they, they host Tennessee. Even that game at Kentucky is going to be tricky. Yeah. At, at South Carolina. Am I boring you? Uh, no, I just haven't had uh... a, <laughs> Only had one cup of coffee. Just, just joking. Sorry, I was, Sorry. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, they got to go to Kentucky. You're like, oh, oh gosh, what is going that on? this mic will pick me up yawning, but then I can open up a Lacroix right next to the mic, and it won't pick that up. That's not a Lacroix. Come on. Well, it Some depends on when. It depends like on that. what podcast right. and what time of day. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you lose at Utah. You lose at Tennessee, could lose at Kentucky, lose at South Carolina, lose at uh, lose to Georgia, could lose, lose at Arkansas. LSU, prop could lose to Arkansas, and then you're losing to Florida State. I mean, I think you're looking at five and seven at best. Well, I was about to say in a in a tough scenario, you're going four and eight, and at that point, yeah. I mean, I know it's only Billy Napier's second year, but it's hard to go four and eight at Florida. He goes four and eight after a six and seven. They are going to be pissed. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's just that's tough to ride. I'm not saying he'd get fired. I don't know, but I, I mean, all four and eights are not created equal. I guess if they were terrible for most of the year, then somehow beat Florida State at the end. Maybe you got enough goodwill to survive yeah. that. But I don't know. That, that's a 
that's a tough job. I mean, you know, because I like I think Dan Mullen's a good coach, and it didn't work out. Right, it's a tough job. Nobody's really yeah. had a ton of success there outside of Spurrier and Urban Meyer. Right, and that way, and they did have legit success. It's just you know, it's the SEC East, it's the SEC generally, and I just think you know we were we were talking about earlier Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I just think some of these schools are going to have to adjust their expectations a little bit where you just can't go 11 and one every year. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. you might have a seven and five, like somebody's got to lose some games sometimes. Like it's that's right. just yeah. the nature of, of football. And there's too many, I mean, we've said that, but, but you know, when you've got LSU, Arkansas, you know, Alabama, Auburn, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, somebody's got to lose some football games. Right. And, you know, somebody's going to lose a lot of football games. And if you have struggles and have a bad year, you know, there's a chance that, you know, a Lane Kiffin or a Nick Saban, you have a six and six year. That doesn't mean they're a bad guy. I just think some schools are going to get stuck in that cycle where they're making coaching changes every two years, believing we should be 10 and two every year when that's just not a very realistic goal at this point. Yeah, I mean, expectations change when, you know, like at Ole Miss, you go 10 and three and then you pull an eight and five and everybody's pissed. Right, exactly. It's just like, wow, this, this program, ah, we didn't help, to be didn't help that, year. uh, didn't help that you, you know, to lose the way they did at the, the end of the year, but still. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. All eight and fives, all records are not created equally. That eight and five at all this, I understand because, you know, you got expectations up and then you kind of belly yeah. flopped at the end of that year. That leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But yeah, I mean, if you're old Miss, if really, if you're anybody in this league at this point, you know, you might have an eight and five every once in a while and that, that stinks, but that's just going to be, have to be part of it. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you just, the calculus, the, the math is not mathing if you do not, <laughs> yeah. you know, as the kids say. Right. So anyway, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that, that next yeah, year is going to be fun too. I think, yeah, I think this SEC season has just a ton of intriguing and fun storylines of teams that are, you know, new coaches, new coordinators, replacing quarterbacks, coaches are on the hot seat. It's going to be fun. Um, we'll be back next week. I figure we're going to do a full show talking about Ole Miss. And that sounds good to me. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my hands on a Phil Steele. <laughs> yeah. Cause I used to, that Phil... was, I love that summer ritual. Like of just two days of pouring over that thing. Yeah. Is Phil, his DMS are not open on, uh, he might follow you. So maybe his DMS are open to you. <laughs> he did at one point. I don't know if he still does anymore. I've, most of my, my, my SEC follows have atrophied out here, but, yeah. uh, got to get but, a, uh, yeah. got to get your hands on a magazine so we can really get into the weeds next week. We'll talk. Right. Get uh, in. That's, that's what I love getting into the weeds and, and all that stuff. So sounds good. Yeah. So appreciate you, David coming on. It's been, uh, it's been a while. So this was fun to catch up. We'll do it again next week. Talking Ole Miss. Um, so shout out to David for coming on. Um, Appreciate the I'd sponsors. once again like to apologize to uh, Ben Benedetto, yeah. if you're listening. I, I, you were a fine football player. I don't know why Houston didn't know your last name. <laughs> uh, yeah, so be sure to follow him on Twitter, David Brandt AP. Uh, keep up to date with uh, everything going out in Phoenix, and then um, 
he'll be he'll be in and around college football season. I'm sure he'll be tweeting about the SEC, but uh, we appreciate the sponsors making it possible. And of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. So for David over there, I'm Zach. This has been Daytime Fireworks. Until next time, we out of here. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.